This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. The Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia is an NGO focused on conserving Malaysia's unique habitats, plants and wildlife and was founded by leading naturalists in Malaysia. If you listen to BFM, of course, they are no strangers. We have a monthly show with the founder and chief executive officer, Andrew Sebastian. Uh, so that's every last Monday of the month where we um, where we explore lesser known uh, ecotourism spots here in Malaysia. But today we want to focus on some of the good work that Ecomai does uh, outside of that uh, and one of their latest things has been to uh, to train nature guides from the Borang Asli Bati community. So Andrew is joining me now to share more. Welcome Andrew, how are you today? Hey, Happy New Year, Julia. Happy Thanks New Year. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. So lovely to see you again, Andrew. So yes, Takanal Makata Jinta coming up in a couple of weeks or so. Uh, so yes, we, yes, will, we will a share brand more. New year, a brand new list of places to go. Exactly. You know, and and I think we also should uh, to, to put a shout out to people out there those who, who know of certain sites, places that are it's a bit off the beaten track, uh, people should feel free, yeah, listeners should feel free to even contact you guys, yeah? Yeah, definitely. You know, write in, uh, just send, send us an email at biggerpicture at bfm.my. We are happy to hear your suggestions as well and to go. And we'll send Andrew to go and explore it, of course, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Andrew, um, yes, I did mention at the start, you know, that some of Ikumai's, um, I guess, your vision and your mission, right? And you also, you know, part of it was also not just to pursue and promote sustainable tourism, but also to support like-minded lo- local communities and initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. you have had a very long-standing relationship, uh, I would say, I would describe it as that, with the uh, Orang Asli Batik community uh, in, in, Tama- mm-hmm. in Pahang, am I correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, you want to uh, take us back to how you know how that started? Yeah, it's been many years. It's, it's not that I'm playing favourites, but uh, I do a lot of work uh, in terms of uh, wildlife tours, birdwatching tours in Taman Negara, yeah? mm-hmm. uh, and mostly from the Kuala Town entrance, uh, the entry. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because uh, Taman Negara is very famous, world famous, it's one of the important bird and biodiversity areas. Uh, one some of the best places to watch birds in Malaysia is uh, Taman Negara yeah, and also wildlife. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of work, uh, taking a lot of tourists there, running programs. Uh, World Tape Days, we used to do that quite often, uh, every year. Um, yeah, so Taman Negara, Kuala Tahan, the little village that's just at the gateway to Taman Negara, it's, it has a special place in my heart. So when I take clients and guests from usually from around the, around the world, um, they'll usually want to stop and look at there and visit the Batik villages uh, along the riverbanks mm-hmm. of, of Taman Negara. And when we do, we'll we stop, of course, uh, and of course they will they, they, they are readily available to show you uh, demonstrations on the blowpipes, for example, you know, uh, making fire making uh, uh, from the good old days, you know. Uh, so people get to experience and uh, visit the village, you know do a bit of engagement with them, you know, give them some money and they earn some money from this and so on. Um, so at one point, I thought that wasn't really enough. You know? uh, a, lot of, a lot of tourists also go there to just take photos of the Batik, you know. Mm. So at some point, it becomes a bit of a, uh, something about something uneasy, you know, people, people going just to photograph uh, themselves with the Batik uh, the kids, mm-hmm. you know, the Batik homes and so on. There was no meaningful engagement uh, in that sense. Uh, and I thought that you know, they earning some money from from tourists visiting the village was not just enough. Um, uh, they need a lot of help uh, because they live off the off the track. You know, uh, they off the grid basically. Yeah, um, they still have no uh, access 
basically to to clean energy, uh, to clean water. Although because the rivers that they rely on these days are heavily silted yeah, from activities upstream and so on, yeah. uh, their kids get sick all the time uh, because of uh, the water they drink and stuff like that. You know, they have to cut firewood. They have to uh, make ends meet by actually using a. I mean, taking. Uh, Trapping bush meat, for example, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, fruits and so on, pretty seasonal. So I, I spoke to some friends and said, "Hey, and there must be a better way on how we can help them. Yeah, if they want to, let's let's uh, give them more facilities, basic amenities, mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. So from just visiting them and, and people taking their photographs and, and, and just 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 uh, uh, giving them a, a few ringgit here and there, uh, we decided let's help the village." Uh, so Ecomai got together, we, we, we wrote a proposal, submitted to Ayas uh, and Hasana mainly, <laughs> because they've been really good in, in supporting our work uh, with the Orang uh, especially the Batik. So uh, for the past five years, uh, we've been going to villages uh, along the riverbank, um, offering them solar lights, for example, uh, to replace using firewood and and buying single-cell batteries, which they have to discard every time they use. Mm. Um, toilets, the uh, villages that want toilets or villages that have visitors come quite often, uh, it's good to give them toilets uh, with proper uh, sewage systems, yeah? um, uh, water pumps, uh, water filtration systems, uh, care packs, health packs, uh, toothbrush, uh, detergents, um, clothes. Yeah? And until very recently, we also started training them, uh, upskilling them. Uh, and that's when we talk about the Batik uh, Nature Guides, uh, tra- train them to be local guides so that when people go and visit the village, not only do they do the uh, fire making, the blowpipes and so on, but they get to walk on a little trail that goes around the village, mm-hmm. introducing the village lifestyle, introducing some of the plants, uh, some and wildlife uh, that is found in and around their village. So uh, from just uh, supporting them by bringing uh, tourists to their village, uh, we started take, uh, building and giving them amenities, uh, health checks, health screening, um, uh, teaching the kids also how to even brush teeth, uh, things, like, things that we take for granted. Uh, and, and today, uh, we up our game and we're training them to be nature guides, um, uh, certified nature guides, uh, getting them ready uh, to welcome tourists from around the world that come to visit the village uh, in a wholesome package where they go. Okay. Before we get to the whole, uh, the nature guide uh, training, right? Uh, can you paint a picture for our listeners about, you know, what, what the village is like, you know, how many people, how many families are there? Uh, I guess, you know, level of um, income or, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, th- th- that kind of picture, you know what I mean, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, so, so Bati is just one of the many tribes or uh, in our country. Uh, uh, to me, they're they are very interesting because they are nomadic and semi-nomadic now. Their lifestyle is very different from, from a lot of different of uh, a lot of other Asli uh, villages or uh, Suku yeah, uh, tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, you know, they are really the hunter-gatherers until today. They, they still travel a lot. They, they they move village to village. Uh, they go seasonally where seasonal fruits and, and vegetation are found, you know, where they follow the honeybees, for example, where, where they are, they go and extract. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the Pati community is very interesting to me. Uh, and because they are very accessible, uh, especially when you go a lot to to Tamanagara and Palatan area, uh, there's about ten villages along the Tumbling River between Palatumbling, uh, which is very close to Jirantut, heading up to Palatahan mm-hmm. and beyond. So there are about ten villages. 
some villages are small, six families, six huts, you know, some stuff like that. And then uh, the biggest are about 20, 30 over homes. Uh, lots of children, uh, uh, a lot of young kids uh, uh, and the, the, the Batik community uh, has many young children in the midst now for the past 20 years, uh, increasing in numbers. They do not have uh, sources of income, they do not have pretty standard uh, rates for anything. They butter still, they still butter by collecting non-timber products, medicinal plants, river cockles, for example, here. Yeah. Patai is very famous, and for Tamanagara, it's also honey, yeah, wild honey, and so mm. on. And they sell that to the middlemen that come to the village to collect. So on good days, they get uh, per bottle or something equivalent to that, they get about 20 ringgit uh, per bottle. And the middlemen, of course, <laughs> sells it to you at 100 ringgit, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, that's, that's economics, I think, yeah. But they do not That's have, capitalism, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's, uh, you can have another show on this. Yeah. <laughs> money matters. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, they do not make a lot of money, uh, obviously. Uh, uh, so because they interact a lot with the outside world, they have to follow uh, the economics, the social economics of where they live. Yeah? They live very close to Kuala Tahan sometimes. So they really need uh, mobile phones to communicate. Uh, they really need the motorbikes. They really need uh, fuel for motorbikes for their boats yeah, to go up and down. So all that costs money, you know, and cost of living is going higher and higher. And uh, nobody thought about the uh, our friends, the orang asris. You know how are they going to manage? Yeah, mm. uh, because we talk about B40s and 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 uh, cost of living. Uh, very little help actually trickles down to the orang asri community. Okay. So in terms of of getting uh, benefits or even getting aid from from the government and even uh, from the public, they're pretty low in, uh, in terms of the packing order. Okay. And I do remember also, um, we actually spoke about this on the show, that, you know, uh, during the flood seasons, right, they are quite mm-hmm. heavily right impacted now, as yes. well, right? Yeah, right now. So right uh, now. the oh. river... The river swells up and down for the past month. Uh, it's still going on right now. Uh, the area is on full alert. Uh, uh, river levels rising to 8 meters, 10 oh, meters gosh. now. Uh, up and down it depends on the rains right now. It's still going on. Uh, we feel it a little bit here in Kuala Lumpur. You see, every evening you see the, the big clouds roll in. You know, it's very hot in the mornings and afternoons. And mm-hmm. then it goes very gloomy. Yeah? Uh, it's much worse, of course, uh, in the interiors, especially in the Kuala area. Uh, luckily, we have a very pretty good uh, system of, of of safety. The APM people are there; uh, they're well oiled. Uh, APM. Uh, and they're really for, uh, the civil defense, yeah? the okay. civil defense people, and so on. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, the monsoon hits them really, really hard. Uh, not only are they in danger most of the time, but uh, they also are blocked in terms of access to, uh, to the village to food and so on. So um, thankfully, there's a lot of kind souls. A lot of organizations have been donating. In Ecomai ourselves, every year we run a humanitarian appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have also donated. Uh, thank you to those who have done so. Thank you very much. Uh, as and when needed, we'll put up a, a call for help. But uh, you're right, um, uh, the monsoon season, uh, although it's annual, although they know it's coming, uh, they've been able to uh, withstand uh, the monsoon all these generations of time. But it's getting a lot more intensive because of climate change. Uh, upstream activities of land clearing, monoculture, and so on does not really help. Seals the river up a lot more, you know. So water doesn't go far and and and, and speedier down down the river system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it clogs up and it, it creates uh, flash floods. Okay, so 
their, their quality of life has also been impacted uh, by mm-hmm. all these uh, these activities and of course by climate change as well. And um, mm-hmm. again, there's no proper, uh, I guess, proper or formal education system there as well. Mm-hmm. So many of them yeah. haven't actually gone through our sort of like uh, formal education system in that sense, right? They, or do, do some of the kids uh, get to go to school at all or...? Mm-hmm. Only, only beginning. Uh, good question. Only beginning. I think eight years ago or something, six mm-hmm. years ago or something. Uh, finally, some villages closer to Paratahan, especially uh, in my experience, I started to go to school, uh, and they go to a special class in the school, uh, in the local school in SK Paratahan. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, Ikomai ourselves, we started a school in another village down river, very close to Kampumbeting. We call it Kolabate. This mm-hmm. is in uh, the little village. Uh, uh, of Kuala Ato. Yeah, I, I really love this village. 45 or <laughs> over 50 kids in that in that village. Uh, the number of kids outnumber the number of adults. <laughs> oh, so they came to us for help two years ago. We started a school uh, to teach them uh, rudimentary uh, elementary English, uh, teach them how to uh, count simple mathematics uh, and, and uh, English and Bahasa English studies okay all right so so again and and i don't think all of them will have you know complete access right at some points uh there there is cases of dropouts and yeah yeah, okay so that is the situation some dropouts but but the good thing is uh a year ago finally they got the birth certificates uh, and therefore uh uh, majority of the kids now get the chance to go to the local school because previously the challenge was they didn't have their own birth certificates so they couldn't be admitted to any of the special schools offered by the government. Yeah? But okay. uh, a year ago, they, they got it. Yes, finally. So okay. at least a majority of the kids now get to go to school. Okay. All right. Let's just go for a quick break, Andrew. When we come back, uh, let's find out more about this uh, Nature Guides program that uh, Ecomai spearheaded. I'm speaking today to Andrew Sebastian, the founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or Ecomai. We're finding out about the work that they do, particularly in collaboration with the Batik community over in uh, Taman Negara in Pahang. Uh, we're specifically going to be talking more about the Batik Nature Guide Certification Program. We'll find out more after this quick break. Keep it here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. On the line with me today, Andrew Sebastian, the founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or Ecomai. You will definitely remember his voice and recognize him because he's on our monthly show, Tak Kenal Maka Tak Cinta, every last Monday of the month. So that's coming up. We do stay tuned for that. But today we're talking about some of Ecomai's other work, uh, specifically with the Batik community over in Taman Negara in Pahang. So uh, before the break, of course, Andrew, you know, you were explaining to us some of the, the, I guess, the struggles that the community faces and some of the different ways mm-hmm. that uh, Ecomai and other other organisations have Excellent. been working together to help them. So now, uh, well, very recently, right, The uh, there was the Batik Nature Guide certification presentation. So I saw that. That was really exciting. Right. Congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you. Please tell our listeners about what this programme was all about. Right. So, um, so uh, in Malaysia, we have a uh, licensing programme, uh, uh, for, for you to be a guide, uh, there you have to get a license yeah? to be a nature guide. For example, like me, we have to have a nature guide, uh, green badge license. For city guides, you need a different kind of license. So okay. it's, it's it's regulated. Licensing is regulated in Malaysia. Um, but for the Orang Asli community, for them to entertain people in the village and so on, and there's very little opportunity for them to get a license, yeah? uh, in a sense, because there's no proper training the licensing cost does not really uh, suit them 
their lifestyle and so on. Yeah. So what we decided was, uh, apart from helping them with the with with the infrastructure, uh, with all the good stuff that we've been doing with the Kampung Ku program uh, through uh, Yayasan Hasana and uh, Ministry of Finance, we also got funding from them to also upskill upskill the youths of the villages. Uh, we've been working with six villages so far, and naturally we thought, what else can we do? Train them in uh, besides uh, the more uh, natural aspects of, of, of how they live. So nature guiding was just uh, on top of our list, something that we want to do. It's been a, a personal mission of mine to build my own army of naturalists. <laughs> we have a beautiful uh, mission statement yeah, to reconnect people to the natural world. But my personal <laughs> it's all coming out now statement is to build an army i'm going to create an army of naturalist people uh, of, of guides people who can speak interpret nature people who can convey the story uh, about our our valuable ecosystem uh, to to the public and to visitors yeah uh, so the batik uh, community we've been working with a lot of youth so, uh, they express interest to to also be nature guides because they see nature guides in Tamanagara, for example making good income uh, making good income from guiding services and so on uh, so instead of waiting for them for the licensing uh, program to be appropriate or be ready for them we decided with the help of upm um, uh, to to give them a certification to run a certification program for them. Okay. Uh, six so it's not a, a ten day three day thing. It was it's a six month program. We just, we, we we created a six month program, uh, just like what we did in Panko some years ago. Uh, Panko Nature Guides were created. They're still actively running tours in Panko. Uh, Check them out on Facebook, Panko Nature Guides. <laughs> Very okay. big plug for them. So just like that, uh, we decided to run a program called Batik Nature Guides. This is a program where we take 10 to 12 uh, uh, youths uh, from uh, six villages um, and uh, and give them some uh, uh, form of training uh, on how to manage uh, expectations of visitors going to visit their village. Uh, we also uh, created little trails around their villages. Five villages uh, now has trails around them so people can, can visit the village, be taken on a walk to see how their homes are made, how they live, uh, where they get their water from, yeah, uh, how they cook. And on the red trails, they are, they, people are shown uh, on what they dig out plants for, yeah, where they get their source of vegetables and so on, how they hunt in the village, and uh, also to show them some wildlife. Yeah, um, uh, the areas around Tamanagara and the villages uh, along the Tumbling River, pretty amazing in terms of wildlife. So uh, if you do not actually get to see wildlife per se, at least there's tracks. There's a lot of evidence that you know, fresh tracks of tapirs and elephants, a tiger. You know, so people can get excited by uh, not just visiting village, but walking with. People who live in the forest, the batik, uh, try themselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we create a program called the Batik Nature Guides. We got ten. Uh, now it stands at twelve, but we had ten original to to join our program. It was supposed to be six months, but we stretched it over a year. <laughs> so uh, because they're so excited, every time we did, we, we went to the village, they they keep asking us to do more stuff. Uh, uh, and and you know, from six months it became a year. It all happened very very fast. Uh, one year went on very fast, and very recently, uh, UPM finally uh, approved uh, their certification. Uh, so they each have their own. Uh, Certificate from UC Trumbull. Uh, Thank you to the faculty, uh, forestry faculty, and Dr. Mano and Professor Dr. Uh, Latif, who's leading it 
from this uh, as a as advisor to Ecomine. Um, and as soon as the monsoon season is over, uh, Bhatti Nature Guides, uh, we just put out a Facebook for them, <laughs> same name, Bhatti Nature Guides. But as soon as the monsoon season is over, they'll be ready uh, to accept inquiries. They'll be ready to actually entertain people. Those who want to go and visit the village, uh, want to do a little walk with them to look at plants, animals, see how they live and so on. So it's pretty wholesome, what we hope to be a pretty wholesome uh, experience for people visiting Kolatahan, yeah, especially the entry into uh, Taman Nagar. Okay. We are just hoping with this, uh, it just becomes uh, just step one, just step one. Because, uh, uh, from having uh, zero income, uh, out of the 12, there's two also two young ladies, uh, two young ladies, and they live in uh, Kampong uh, Dedari in Kampong uh, Terese. Yeah, so uh, if you want to go to the two villages, they were they they live there. <laughs> They'll be the ones taking you around for the guided walk. Okay. So I'm very very proud of them. Uh, these are just the initial stages. They still have a long way to go in terms of having a full blown conversation uh, about nature and environment. But they can converse with you in, in some simple uh, English language. They can speak Bahasa Malaysia really well. Uh, they have some of them have their own TikToks and Facebook as well. Very <laughs> yeah, good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm very excited for them. Uh, I'm very excited to be part of. I'm, I'm. We are blessed, I think, to be able to at least help them realize their dreams. Is is they they who wanted it? They wanted to have uh, some income, some sustainable income for themselves. And what more natural than to have them be guides? Yes, exactly. You know, going back to the fact that you know all that that uh, traditional uh, ecological knowledge, indigenous knowledge that they they have, right? Because they grew up in these places. Right. So, uh, and it's it's it must have been hard, right? Seeing other and, and no disrespect to you know you or other nature guys, but you know other people coming in and showing them uh, when they you know could easily do it, but they, they didn't have that sort of formal training, I suppose. Well, I've, right? I've seen this over the years. You know, uh, they always take a shy step back. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. and let the, the the guides from outside, you know, me included, you know, try to explain to people about the plants and so on, yeah. when they themselves know everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, I, so, I I went for one right when with one of the pilot yes, projects, yes, isn't yes. it? And it sure. was like, yeah. Thank you for joining. No, no, that was an absolute pleasure. And um, the, you know, <laughs> so they showed us how how they start fires, how they hunt, That's how right. they do. It was so fascinating. It was lovely hearing it from them. Yeah. So the plan, yeah. of course. So is the plan now to sort of replicate this program, hopefully, yes. and and yes. you know, offer it to other youths. Yes. So Bati and Nichika is very very new, and they have a lot of a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but we have at least a, a baseline now. We at least have a foundation. We have a group of 12. Uh, and I'm excited about the two ladies because it's always great to see ladies getting involved yeah. with the Batik tribe. I mean, most of the Asli communities, the women are very quiet and, and they take a step back, you know. But it's nice to see these two young girls step forward and say, hey, we want to be guides too, you know. Uh, so I'm really proud of that. Uh, so moving forward, uh, we want to expand it to other villages. Uh, and uh, at some point, we also want to maybe introduce a homestay uh, element into uh, the program. Mm. So uh, you get to stay also one night uh, at the village uh, that's available, uh, where you'll be taken care of. Uh, and because uh, the whole experience of living in the Batik, uh, it's not a two-hour thing, you know. I mean, you can have a pretty a good idea of how they live. Uh, but if you want to spend a night with, uh, in the village, yeah, yeah. that is an experience I think everybody would like to want. Yeah. And and of course, you know, then um, it just improves the livelihoods of not just uh, the, the guides, but, you know, the village as well. So there's, of course, that trickle down effect. And that's and then you build your army of naturalists, of course. That's right. It's the full philosophical uh, <laughs> uh, 
manifestation of ecotourism, you know, where local communities have to benefit. And, you know, it's not just them benefit. People who, who, who drive tourists, uh, pick them up from the airport, you know, from the planes. Mm. You you bought your flight in the in Heathrow. You know, you're paying Malaysia Airlines, for example. You know, you're paying the taxes. You get down here, you're paying the, the taxi driver. And they, every, you're paying the accommodation people. You're paying... You know, the food that you eat everywhere, you know. So ecotourism, uh, and I'm so proud to keep pushing ecotourism because we have the assets, you know, and 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 if you have the army of naturalists, you know, <laughs> any part of the country that has any beautiful nature-based uh, products to offer, mm-hmm. there'll be people on standby to give you the best experience. Yeah, because if you're that canal, then you're that chinta, right? So you need the <laughs> you need the guides <laughs> to help nurture that that. Perchintaan lah. Okay, sorry. Very bad. Very bad, Bahasa. Um, okay. And I just want to quickly ask also about um, the training programs itself, right? So you had um, you had your facilitators, right? Your Ecomai facilitators. Yes. You mentioned some of the names. So it was a yes. mix of like like practical sessions, but also I was reading... Um, yes. uh, there, was two, there was two classroom sessions. Classroom. Uh, four days. Uh, yeah, classroom sessions. Yeah. Um, uh, everything from how to use a binocular to how to use a field guide. Uh, and then... Uh, during the certification, uh, there was a classroom. And they also get uh, a training as to how to how to present, or how to talk, uh, public speaking, mm. yeah, how to dress up. Uh, uh, what is what is a what is a yes and what is a no? Uh, what is a do and don'ts? You know, stuff like that. How to manage uh, uh, groups of people visiting? Uh, how to uh, avoid conflicts? And most importantly, they also have a session on on uh, safety. So most of them are uh, are first aiders already now. Uh, uh, so safety is a key role, I think, in, 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 nature, in nature guiding. Uh, so we went through the whole motions. So two classroom sessions and over the span of one year, I think we have about 10 different uh, field sessions with them, including some events uh, like the... Uh, the bird count of Taman Negara, they were involved as well as as, as assistants. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, and, yeah, and this year, again, we're going to get them to do more stuff. Okay, okay. No, that's so wonderful to hear. And and you've got like this this kind of like a syllabus, I suppose, right? Now you've got like a template as well. So again, yeah, a module. Then a module. Yeah, we have a series of modules. They're very simple modules, uh, very hands-on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we hope, uh, you know, we can build on that and, and we're very happy to share. Uh, mm. And there was a lovely write-up in NSD about this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was also reading there that, um, you know, the, the facilitators also learned so much from the students themselves, isn't it? Yes. There was so much of knowledge exchange, you know, uh, throughout this process. I'm surprised because uh, yeah, two of the most uh, renowned uh, uh, field, field scientists, yeah, Pate, Atolatev and Dr. Manoha, yeah, they were both, uh, they, they were both spon- they were both sponging off uh, the young Pate. Uh, sponging you know? off is a strong word, like yeah. Andrew Sebastian. <laughs> you should see Pate, he took out his little notebook and writing and writing and writing because he kept asking about local names which he didn't ever didn't know about stuff like that the usage and so on yeah. so he was getting excited learning from them you know and, and in fact he had more questions <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he was so nice uh, and, and throughout the whole engagement you can see that it's not a wishy-washy you know, uh, yeah, the, the 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 trainers are here. You know, tell them what you want to hear, and they go back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they were actually conversing in in uh, like the topic of the plants came up. You know, some medicinal plants came up. Uh, so Pate was saying, "Hey, yeah, yeah, I know this, this, this." And then, then uh, one of the guys said, "No, no," but also Pate, you know, my mother used to use it for also for 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 coughs. You know, and Wonderful. and he stared at him and says, "Oh, what's the name of this plant again?" So. 
they really dwelled deep into it. And, and I was so interested to be part of that. I wish I had this wonderful camera crew with me when we were doing this <laughs> to, to, to put on, on video the things that were going on. But uh, it was just amazing to watch them uh, yeah, but- uh, learn from each other. Yeah, and that might be the next step. Who knows, right? I mean, because now that they've got the training to actually sort of like, um, yeah, to put it down on paper. Because unfortunately, you know, um, that a lot of it is oral tradition for, for the Orang Asli, right? So yeah, to put it down as literature, uh, mm-hmm. those, those indigenous names and everything, so important. We don't know it. Yeah. So the, the for example, I've been trying to... Uh, the, the Orang Aslis unfortunately don't live very long. So 60 is about the... Uh, life expectancy for them. I see. So in, in all of the villages, only two or three of the elders are about that age. We lost one very recently. Yeah. So unfortunately, all the information, all the knowledge uh, died with him. Uh, so we were hoping that you know, at some point, more information are, are, are put on paper. You know, we, we get to capture all this critical information uh, uh, from from years of experience of, of people who've been living in the forest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, it's captured into uh, some documentation and so on. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the young Batinichi guides uh, uh, continue that tradition. Uh, they will help us actually capture some of the very very interesting, I think, uh, valuable. Uh, knowledge that's hopefully not lost in time. Mm, okay. Well, this is wonderful. Again, you know, once I guess uh, the, the monsoon season is over, we can go mm-hmm. to that Facebook uh, group. So it's the yes. Bate Nature Guides. Nature Guides. Yes. Bate yes. Nature Guides <laughs> Facebook page. I think I think TikTok is the place to be, Andrew. Um, but yeah. No. <laughs> so get the kids on that. Um, so that's wonderful. And so, so this is how you start and a great way to start the year. So uh, mm-hmm. people can, of course, get in touch with them. Um, I guess, Yala. Correct. Right. Maybe from April, or would that be the right time? I think March onwards, I think they'd be ready. March, yeah. And a good time to visit Taman Negara, of course, is in during those months, isn't it? April to... Uh-huh. Uh, until the end, yeah. Until the year end. Okay, okay. Really exciting. Congratulations. Um, thank yeah. you, thank you. I mean, it's just one step forward, and I'm quite happy. These little baby steps are getting excited. Yeah, yeah. And and some other plans that Ecomai has in the pipeline. Well, yes, uh, we, we, we really want to pick up on, on promoting uh, ecotourism. Uh, we really are trying to put some, some work together to do uh, more villages in, in, across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Sabah, especially, we have some friends who also want to start uh, pushing ecotourism and so on. But most important, I think, uh, will be the coming of the World Environment Day in June, Earth Day, you know, and all that. I think uh, Ecomai is planning to do some activities to coincide with that. Uh, with uh, with our Batinichi guides, for example, uh, we want to help organize uh, bird race, bird census, uh, a bird fair maybe is in the books right now. Uh, we're, we're talking to some people about that. Uh, and, and we do hope that 2024 uh, seems like it's going to be a great year uh, for the Batik community and some of the work that Ecomai is doing. Uh, we only hope that, you know, it catches on uh, because really we have so much wonderful stuff to offer. Okay, well, sounds like an exciting year. And of course, we will have our monthly show, as always. Yes. Uh, so yes, there's there's a lot of work ahead of us as well there. Um, Andrew, thank you, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Any any New Year's message? Any concluding message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, well, the listeners, I think you're already planning your your, your trips coming up. Your, your, you know, when your kids are having your school holidays, when they're coming back from the, from the breaks, universities and so on. Don't forget, always choose nature-based activities. Try to visit your country. <laughs> so many beautiful spots here in Sabah, in Sarawak, you know. Yeah. Uh, please 
go and see your country. It's beautiful. Yeah, and we'll provide you with some tips along the way, of course. So yes, do do stay Thank tuned to us. <laughs> my thanks again to my guests. I'm speaking okay. to Andrew Sebastian, the founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or Ecomai. Uh, as always, you can visit their website, which is ecomai.org. But I think for more uh, for more updates, I guess you can head to their Facebook page or their Instagram page. We are waiting for the TikTok page, of course, and do support <laughs> the Batik uh, the Batik Nature Guides uh, by heading to their Facebook page. Uh, just mm. search for Batik. So that's B A T E Q Nature Guides uh, Facebook page. Uh, but if you but if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my/earth. You can also get it from the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.